He closed the distance between them. Do you want me to have a look? You don't want to leave any nettles beneath the skin. Thank you, but there's no need. I'm certain nothing remains. An unwelcome blush crept into her cheeks as he held up a large flask. If you pour water over it, the pain will lessen. Where did the wee bastards pierce your skin? She felt her face turn to crimson. I don't think I need the water, but thank you just the same. If you change your mind, lass, let me know. Ian secured the flask on his belt. We're resting the horses, but you should not be wandering this far into the trees. Let me escort you back. Elizabeth wasn't about to defy his order. As she walked beside the lad, she silently cursed when the memory of being held in his arms in the bailey came to mind. But as quickly as the thought emerged out of nowhere, the feeling passed. She girded herself with resolve, refusing to relive the humiliation of the past. Silence lengthened between them, making her uncomfortable. She was helpless to halt her embarrassment, not only for the nettles, but for so brazenly stalking, pining after the man when she was younger. To her amazement, her mood became buoyant when they reached the clearing. Ravenna's hand was on the small of her aching back. Grace's fingers were pressed on her temple as she held a screaming Mary, and Cat was rubbing her sore bottom. Only hours from home, and her sisters were weary from their travels. They wouldn't reach London for weeks and had a long ride ahead, even more so, with Grace pestering everyone in the same carriage. Perhaps her youngest sister had the right idea after all. Then again, Elizabeth quickly curtailed the thought. She'd rather be uncomfortable in the carriage with her sisters than face a gamut of emotions riding next to Ian. She glanced to her right, and he was no longer by her side. Her eyes searched around the glade until she found him. As he was patting his horse on the neck, she realized that he and the animal looked as though they were made for each other, both massive in size. When Ian caught her staring, she lowered her gaze to the ground and gave herself a firm reminder that she was no longer fifteen. God was punishing him. There was no other reason. They'd only been riding for a few hours before they had to stop. And Ian already had to round up one lass who'd wandered from the group. At least the women rode in the carriage. If he had to listen to their incessant pecking the entire way to England... He might have run himself through with his sword before it was too late, and he had to suffer another moment in their presence. Even though Lady Catherine rode with the men, he was thankful she only conversed with Torquil. Ian approached one of the carriages and was untying the reins of two pack horses when Rory, Fagin, and three Sutherland guards returned from watering their mounts. You might want to have a weed shot with your women, he called out. Fagin chuckled as he tethered his horse to a tree. What did my wife do now, Munro? For once, your wife is nay the problem. I found Lady Elizabeth wandering around the forest alone. Did you not tell them to stay close? Ah, oh, aye, but I'll talk to them again, said Rory. I usually have to have words with them three or four times before they listen. Ian glanced at the women, and his eyes met Elizabeth's. He forced his tight expression into a smile but she dropped her gaze to the ground before she saw it. He led the mounts to the stream, pondering the affections Elizabeth had held for him when she was but a mere child. Not that she was that much older now, but she'd become a lovely young woman. In fact, the regal curves under her blue dress reminded him of that.
For one absurd moment, he contemplated what it would be like to have the lass by his side. When the realisation washed over him of the price he would pay for being involved with a Walsingham, his priorities were once again set to path. Becoming entangled with one sister meant you got them all, willing or not, and he was not as daft as his best friends to take on such challenges. Furthermore, it wasn't as if Elizabeth still wanted anything to do with him. The lass could barely stand to be held in his arms when he'd offered her comfort for the loss of her uncle, and as a result, she still couldn't look him in the eye. These are the last two. Fagin dropped the reins of the mounts as the animals drank from the stream. He pulled out his flask and handed it to Ian. The fiery liquid burned Ian's throat. He paused and then took another drink. More tongue. Thank you very much. He gave the flask back to Fagin and lifted a breath.